Hey everyone, this is Leticia from Paris and you're listening to Powerful Podcasting Stories, the show that reveals how podcasters, creators and editors around the world do it behind the scenes, behind the microphone. I challenged myself to get at least 100 episodes in 10 days. Are you curious enough to know if I succeeded or not? Well, you have to keep listening. Today, we're talking about content volume with a podcaster who has released an impressive number of episodes so far. What led them to stay alive for that long? Let's listen to our guest's powerful story. Hi, I'm Brett Kinsella. I'm the founder and editor of VoiceBot.ai, and I am the creator of the VoiceBot podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs, innovators, industry leaders, engineers every week to bring out the stories that are driving the future of the voice AI industry. And we've been doing this now for five years. How many podcast episodes have you released till now? Over the course of how many months and years? If you have more than show, please specify two. We now have over 260 episodes for the VoiceBot podcast. That's been done in just about five years. And for the most part, we've just published every week. We have a few weeks where we've done multiple shows. And those have ranged everything from uh, studio setting to on-site, which we've done a lot of really interesting recordings before the pandemic when we were able to go on-site and meet with many people at one time. And that's been really exciting. You know, frankly, the fact is that these are all at least an hour long and we have hundreds of hours right now of audio recording. And it actually is a bit of a history. It's a chronicling of the development of the voice AI industry. And I think it's been really important from a perspective that it's been a resource for people in the industry to be able to consult and to learn and to actually go back and learn where companies were a year or two ago and then see where they are now. Tell us, what is your podcast show about and why did you start it? Well, on the surface, the VoiceBot podcast is about voice AI technology. It's about artificial intelligence. However, I don't really approach it that way. That is the scaffolding for the for the podcast. That's why people originally were interested in it. But frankly, I think it's more about the stories, the ideas, the technologies, the strategies that have been employed in the industry. And you have to understand that every week I'm trying to let people understand the story behind the innovators in the industry. So I'm not the hero of the podcast. My guest is always the hero of the podcast. It's an opportunity for them to tell their story and for me to challenge them sometimes, but often to ask them questions just to bring that story forward. And it's been a really good formula. We've made a lot of friends through this process. I learn something every week. It's probably my favorite hour of the week that I do from a recording standpoint. And it's been invaluable, not just for me, but for many people in the industry who are trying to ramp up really quickly to understand what's going on, but also to get to know the people who are actually shaping the future of the industry, how they're thinking about it. And that spurred a lot of new ideas. And I get this feedback all the time from people in the industry that they changed their product strategy, that they got a new client, that they maybe move towards selling their company or creating an acquisition because of the conversations we had, because of what they heard from our guests and some of the untold stories or the stories that would have gone untold if we hadn't had that conversation and presented it in front of the industry. 
How do you produce your podcasts? What is your production process that you follow in order to have a lot of content? Do you have a team or do you work alone? In terms of the process, most of the time I send an email to a guest that I think would be interesting to the audience. Sometimes it's just because I'm interested in the company or the individual and their background. Uh, oftentimes it's because we're running a series on a particular topic area and we want to get five or six or 12 episodes around a topic area to go deep on it. But in any event, it really just starts with an email. We arrange a time to talk. I send them a link and then we record. Now coming out of that, I do have an audio engineer that helps do the uh, the post-production on it. Uh, once we complete the post-production, it gets loaded up into Libsyn, which we use for our distribution platform. And then we also post it as an article on voicebot.ai, which is our new site where we have hundreds of thousands of page views every month. Um, and so that's a really good process for us. It's been very valuable for me to have a uh, an audio engineer to do the uh, producing because it gives higher content or higher quality output. Uh, we also have an audio brand that we created uh, with Audio Brain. They did a great job of helping us package that up so that we have really this interesting, consistent branding around it. And then occasionally I have a, uh, I have a uh, person that I work with who's a producer and we might do a YouTube show out of it. So it, we co-publish it as a podcast and a YouTube show. But essentially the process is the same. We identify the guest, we invite them, we schedule it record post-production and then it's just the distribution elements of it and you know frankly in terms of getting prepared for questions and such mostly i have that because i've worked in this industry for a long time but i do look at the website i look at what they've been tweeting about i get some ideas i generally go in with a half a dozen questions that i think i'm going to want to ask but once we start once we have that first question I might get to those other questions, but I really let the conversation flow. I move in a direction that I think is interesting to me and is interesting to the audience. And then as I need to bring up other topics, I do, I, I put those in because I do also have this strategy before I go in every time that there might be something that I want to get out into the public sphere that has never been talked about before publicly with that with that uh, person, whoever the guest is. And this is a real opportunity to ask them that so they can talk about something that maybe they just never shared before because it wasn't it wasn't relevant to whatever they were doing at that time. And this is where you get this new knowledge in the industry being shared and more people can benefit from it. What's the difference in the way you created podcasts back from when you started and now? Do you now have a more elaborate process in order to produce more content? What has changed? In terms of the process over time, it hasn't changed that much. I've had an audio engineer. That's I've had a couple different audio engineers over uh, the last five years, but I've had the same one for about the last uh, three years, I think now. Peter Bonaventure from Bonaventure Music. He does a great job. We have a great flow. I send him the files. He sends it back and we upload them into uh, into the distribution platform. So it's pretty simple from that standpoint. But essentially since the beginning, we've had a similar format. Now, we also have this packaging that we had for some time 
that made the podcast easy to listen to listen to on smart speakers like Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. And that led to a very specific format that we use where we announce the title, there's a little interstitial music, then we do a lead in, and then the main interview takes place. And then there's a closing segment, which is either recorded right during the interview or it's appended afterwards, uh, depending on what the venue is. And I and I think for the most part, that hasn't changed. Uh, it's be, been refined a little bit. We're obviously get faster at it over time. The only thing that might be different is when we do shows with multiple guests. Uh, it's a little more complicated sometimes because you have to, from an audio engineering standpoint, put those all together. And we have done a couple of other formats as well. In fact, using Rumble Studio and one, one or two of them where we would ask questions to multiple guests and then we would package them up in, in post-production to have you know, a compendium solution. Not too much different, I think, from what you're doing here today with this series that you're, that you're performing. But for the most part, the process has been similar over the last five years. Have you encountered any kind of challenge along the way? Tell us something remarkable from your journey. So I don't think we've encountered any significant challenges. We've had the day-to-day -day challenges. People cancel at the last moment. We've had to scramble to fill in so that we could have a guest each week if we had a last-minute cancellation and we didn't have any already in the queue. Uh, but for the most part, they've just been some day-to-day -day challenges, nothing really significant. I, I would say that really the thing that I've had that I remember, aside from public company CEOs, breaking news, or engineers telling us something about their technology implementation that had never before been revealed. I think that I've just learned so much from all of these people. It's been, it's been such a rewarding experience for me and it's been rewarding to bring this to the audience. I've had so many people come to me and say, Hey, they've, they've made an acquisition or they've been acquired or they were able to secure funding or they got this new client uh, because of what they heard from one of our guests or maybe some comment that I made on the show and and trying to frame how the industry is evolving. And that's really the most gratifying thing that if there's anything remarkable about this journey, it's been making friends, meeting people, learning a lot and then having an impact on the listeners. And finally, what advice would you give to someone aiming to release this number of episodes? Any tips? Not every podcast needs a lot of episodes. So I think you should go in really understanding what makes sense for your industry. Uh, and I think you also need to figure out whether you need a lot of evergreen content or perishable content, which is more news oriented, is, is, a, is right for you and for your industry. But I would say, number one, stay in touch with the audience. Number two, get to know the guests. It's you know, try to get to know them as individuals, build relationships, have them back on uh, year to year uh, so that people can see how things develop. And, you know, from my perspective, make your guests the hero. Uh, and I think that's always a really good formula for me uh, because you're there every week, uh, but it's not really about you. If you had a podcast, which was just you talking, that would be fine. Uh, but if you're going to have guests, make sure you give them room to shine. And that's what I would really tell people to focus on. Thank you so much for being an inspiring guest on my show. And thank you for sharing your process, challenges, tips, and tricks with us. Uh, thanks, Leticia. And uh, shout out to Carl Robinson. Uh, thanks for inviting me.
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. To know more about your guest, you can find all the links in the description below, including a special link. If you're a podcaster and would like to participate as a guest, go ahead and be my guest. This challenge was recorded asynchronously on Rumble Studio. If you too want to create podcasts at scale, try it for free. Well, with this episode, I'm 1% closer to my goal. But have I reached 100? See you in the next episode.